So we want to talk about love today, but, but not just any love, not just conjured up love, not just a love that we can muster, but a love that comes from heaven and a love that truly makes a difference. We want to talk about God's love working through us for anything is possible results. I almost wanted to label the sermon today, anything is possible Because I believe with God's love flowing through us, anything becomes possible. So think about your morning routines. We get up and we all have a morning routine. Every one of us has a morning routine. And what determines the routine is the thing that has to happen during the day. It's all meant... To put you out of the door in the best possible space. Maybe it's getting up super early. Maybe it's getting up at the last possible minute. Maybe it's eating eating a certain breakfast, putting on a certain clothes, having devotions at a certain time. It's all meant to put us in the best position when we get out of the house and our day starts. It's on purpose. Because what motivates us fuels our actions. The thing that is in front of us that we're chasing or the thing that is inside of us that is pushing us forward affects everything in our day. And it can be positive, it can be godly, and it can be absolutely evil, it can be brokenness, it can be pain from the past. I myself lived a life that made no sense in reality. Because my past, something that is gone, was determining my present. It, does anybody live like that? You don't have to raise your hands because you all do. Okay, and there'll be an announcement on Freedom Session, Lord willing, maybe this fall. But we all are motivated And pushed by things inside of us that are so strong, they determine our steps. We don't need to deny it. It's part of our brokenness. It's part of our sinful nature. It's part of our flesh. God's okay with it. God understands where our strengths and weaknesses are. He's well aware of them. He sees them all and loves us in spite of it. Now, what if the thing inside of us was so driven by the love of God that like everything else in our life, it fixated us on expressing that everywhere we went. If we became obsessed, sorry, I don't start slow. If we became obsessed to to be that vessel that had to empty itself. What if our pride and joy in life was to simply empty ourselves again and again and again? God's love needs, it needs a place to go. And whenever I do that, I've done a great job. Think of the freedom that would come. The freedom that would come from saying, it doesn't matter what happens after I release 
because I've done a good job. If our pride and joy and goal was to simply flow out the love that God has so richly bestowed on us, you would be unstoppable. Anything would be possible. Kevin Garnett would just be screaming in your head all the time. Anything is possible. Anything, anybody? Yeah, right? Kevin Garnett? Crazy fool. Right? So let's get to the, let's get to the verse there, Brayden. Second Corinthians 5.14. We're gonna, we're gonna jump off one verse here. This is Paul speaking to the Corinthians. For the love of Christ controls us. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. What controls us? Do a little self-diagnosis here. How much of the, is the love of God controlling your movements? Your decisions and thoughts and behaviors? How much? 20%? 50%? 75%? It doesn't matter. What matters is that you know. How much of my actions, my behaviors, my decisions are coming out of this, this consuming love that God has bestowed in me, for me, and then for the world around me? I might be at like, I'm trying to think now. I asked you guys to diagnose, I don't know, 30, 30% maybe, I don't don't know. But when that happens, you, you know it. You know it when that happens. It, I wanted to use a bonfire picture, but a bonfire is not really appropriate right now because it's like a bonfire inside, right? Like right now, I did a wedding outside yesterday and I feel as hot in here. I, it might be like PTSD from the wedding, like it, like I'm talking in front of people, so the heat's coming again, but... Leonard Ravenhill, one of, one of the maybe not feel-good preachers of the past generations... But one of, he'll shake you up. Uh, he said, he said, you can never hide a fire. And you never have to advertise a fire. Now the difference in our lives between God's love and our love is smoke versus fire. God's love is always fire. You don't have to hide it. You don't have to advertise it. You don't have to print it out. You don't have to put it on t-shirts. You don't have to do anything because it consumes and draws. Smoke is just disappointment. What if, what if I invited you to a, to a bonfire and, and it was just smoky the whole time? We're gonna cook some stuff on the fire. I got a bunch of great meat. It's going to be awesome, and it's just smoky. It's like wood is wet, 
I'm throwing grass in there. Like, you're like, this is a tease. You're teasing me with the real thing. I see the smoke, but there's nothing to it. This sounds really poo-poo to our own love. It does, because here I'm saying, if we love on our own accord, if we love by our own strength, it's just a smoky, wet, disappointing fire. But here's the reality to our own love. We can't trust it. Sorry, we can't trust it. Because it's full of our own selfish desires, our own needs, our own wants, our own hurts. And it's only by the grace of God that that he has made a love in us that can be beautiful at all. But the thing that the world really needs, the thing that summer in the city really needs in two weeks, this, this is the perfect thing for us to consider today going into summer in the city. The world needs a love that is on fire from God. Because it's going to speak our sermons. It's going to pray our prayers. It's going to invite our people. It's going to give authenticity to everything we do. And it's going to be that substance that causes people to ask, what's so different about Calvary? You don't ever have to advertise a fire. But our love can go bad. It can become smoky. First Corinthians warns us. If I speak in the tongues of man and angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. Like, that's just noise. It doesn't provide anything. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains... But have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have and deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love's a pretty big deal. And I was, I was talking to somebody who didn't know what I was preaching on this week. And they said, does your church only talk about love? Because I'm noticing in churches, it's only about love. But here is my rebuttal. It was nobody in here, so don't worry. Here's my rebuttal to that. Everything that God is asking us to do requires his love. Everything. So, if we're praying about getting busy for the Lord, if we're praying about spiritual gifts, if we're praying about growing our our influence in pastoral care, in the gifts of the spirit, in community groups, in street ministry, in the table. It all has to be birthed out of a love that comes from heaven. That's going to give it wings to fly. And so a true love, a love that comes from God that is felt for us first and then for the people around us, is the genesis of all of the moves of God. 
It's the root that births every spiritual offshoot. Because it needs to come from God to be effective at all. It needs to be a love that's on fire. But this can make our lives look just straight crazy to the rest of the world. Has the love of God in you that propels you, that controls you, that consumes you, that grips your very heart, caused you to swim upstream with your family, with your work relationships, with your community? Has it caused you to stand out, to look different, to look peculiar? It can be hard to control. Because the love of God comes upon us and we can come on. This happens at church all the time to different people. People are, people are praying up in the prayer room. They're coming to church ready to go. The love of God has filled them. The spirit is on them. And they see that target and the, the target just gets pounced on. Maybe, maybe you've been the pouncer. Maybe you've been the pouncy. But the love of God can make us crazy. Because we we sometimes don't even know what to do with it. It's I got this passion for you, and and you're not ready to receive it because I'm kind of coming out of the peripheral here and ambushing you. But that's the love of God. Paul said some crazy things about the love of God in his heart. So I want, I want to show us a couple of examples when he says the love of God controls me. Romans 9 says this, I'm speaking the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit. That with verse 2, that with great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. Sounds like the love of God to me. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen according to the flesh. Like, what are you saying? Do we think about what Paul is saying when he says this? He's saying, I know Jesus, I am saved. I have known him as intimately as a human can know him on this side of heaven. And I would give all of that away for you to have that. That, That's a crazy statement. I, I will consider myself damned so that you could know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. How much love do you need to have And these were people that were killing him or trying to kill him at the same time. How much love do you need to have for a person that you're willing to say that? Paul wasn't one to just shoot his mouth off. It also says in 2 Corinthians 11, Paul goes through his his laundry list of ways that he's almost been killed by the people he's trying to serve. 195 lashes in four, five different occasions. 195. And I think they would sting pretty good. He was stoned once, and and generally, you only get stoned once. (laughs) 
right? Shipwrecked three times, three times beaten with rods. And, and what kept him getting up? What kept him going to those same people? Like, he lived a, a, a life of Rocky Balboa, right? Really. He just kept getting up. Right? So, so what did that to him? He's, he's telling us right there. there. There is a love in my heart that God has placed there. And I will do anything to fulfill it. It's a beautiful thing. People want fire. They don't want to be disappointed with our smoke. And the love of God always requires an action. It requires an action. John 21 verse 15 says this. This is once Jesus has risen from the dead. And he's, he's commissioning Peter to go do Peter things in the love of Jesus. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. Action. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. Action. He said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. God is looking not only for us to experience his love. A love that's for you. Free of charge. Not because of anything you have done. You didn't earn it and you can't remove it. God will always love you even if you don't respond and even if you don't feel it because on his end it never changes but when we embrace that when we feel that for ourselves when we bask in the love of God for us he says now take all that goodness and go do some wild effective fiery things in the world Go and touch people. You start with the love of God and you go and you spread that. You light yourself on fire and you see who you can catch. John 15, by this my father is glorified that if you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples... As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Stay in my love. Remain in my love. Hold fast to my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as you have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Our stone stone heart, as it says in Ezekiel, becomes a heart of flesh. A heart that beats the very heartbeat of God. And it's a powerful thing. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And in our day and age, laying down our lives, there's about a million reasons to do that. And most importantly, it comes with time, energy, energy. 
and resources. Our friends, our, our friends, our, our church family, our community is not looking for us to die for them. They're looking for us to live for them. And that takes time. It takes commitment. It takes laying down our own desires. And, and for me, that can be hard if I'm just conjuring up my own affections for the world. Because I don't want to do that. Big shocker, right? I, I don't want to do that on my own. I'm tired. I'm busy. Maybe some of you are too. I'm discouraged. I'm dealing with my own stuff. And the thought of giving up time, energy, resources, my own desires, my own wants, my own space, my life not being convenient anymore. It's like, yeah, but, but, but no. Not right now. I'll get back to you. It's not motivating. But a lot of you are probably a lot more naturally loving than I am. When the love of God comes in us, when we pray for it, when we desire it, when it wells up in us, we get, we get tunnel vision. And I, I don't think that tunnel vision has to be like only on Pentecost weekend or, you know, New Year's. Because, because God's love, his love for you and his love for the people around you will grip you. In a way that, that takes all the excuses away. And you can almost become obsessed with the, with the people in front of you. Because that's what God's love is. That's what he does. It's not gross obsessed like the world. But it's sacrificially obsessed. Whatever it takes. If I gotta work less hours. If I gotta let, let some hobbies go down. If I'm going to not see my friends so I can hang out with acquaintances that really need a new friend. My weekend so I can go to summer in the city. It's going to be blazing hot like the sun because that's what it is. But, but I got to do something with the thing inside of me. Has to go somewhere. But we got to get it to give it. Three freedoms, three freedoms as we live in the love of God, because the love of God is going to make us free, and on another end, slaves to the love, because we're going to want to do everything that it says. We're going to be free of fear. Perfect love casts out what? Fear. We're going to, we're, we're going to be free of people-pleasing. We're going to be free of judgment. We're going to be free of wondering about how we're doing. How the person sees us. Because it doesn't matter when the love of God is in you for somebody else. Because it breaks it down to a very simple thing. Here is a person that God loves. And here am I a vessel that God loves them with. And it's that. And it simplifies our life. We're free of fear we're free to truly see. We're free to truly see. Because here's the problem. Loving people is messy. 
Maybe you've noticed. Because if we're not looking with God's love and we're looking with our love, we only see what? Behavior. And behavior is really icky. Right? Don't want to get our hands dirty. It's very dirty. Very messy. It's very uncontrollable. But Paul says this. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. We see souls. Souls are precious. Souls are valuable. Souls are worth sacrificing for. And souls are not messy. But we have to see past the covering. Then everything changes. I, I, I pray it and I'm not, I'm not there yet. God, help me to see people as souls only. But the exterior, it's, it's so present. It's so obvious. It's so tangible. You can hear their words. You can see their behaviors. You can struggle with how they make you feel. And that's not looking at souls at all. That's not looking at your own or the lost person in front of you. But, but God, God's love can give you a superpower of seeing through the exterior of a person to the lostness that is just dwelling there waiting for somebody to see. We regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. We're free to lose ourselves. This, this is a good one. We're free to lose ourselves. We lose our fear. We're free to see. And we're free to lose ourselves. Because if we're looking at self, we, we can't, with God's love, be looking at somebody else. How much does self prevent us from acting, from doing, from being the love of God? We see this in worship all the time. We don't want to raise our hands. I've been, I've, man, have I been there. We don't want to raise our hands. We don't want to in any way display anything that might cause somebody to look at us. We don't want to be looked at. That's the issue. We don't want to be looked at. <clears throat> and it sounds really humble, but it's not. Right? Because it's like, if, if I'm not perfect, then I don't want to do anything. Boy, is that a thing for me. Wow. And as you can see, I'm not very perfect. Right? But like, it's, it's such a thing, but it's so paralyzing. Imagine if self wasn't part of the equation anymore. If it was just, if it was just this beating heart of God 
and the, the thing that I get to pour it all out on. And, and we weren't part of the equation. Well, how am I going to look if I do this? How am I going to sound? What am I going to say? What if I get rejected? Like, that kills 90% of our ministry. I'm going to tell you guys a little secret. Like my sabbatical started because of a heart attack. But I realized that I was crushed under the weight of looking like a pastor. It's a thing. And and if you have a public ministry, then that's really a thing. Because it's like, well, you know, got to wear this, got to wear the right clothes, got to wear the right hat, got to say the right things, got to. Right? There's expectations. Not helpful. Like this last point in itself. The love of God. Here's what I'm saying. Here's what the Bible is saying. The love of God will cause you to lose yourself. For the sake of the obsessive burning hot Lava that you have to pour out on the people around you. And you will authentically mean it. And that's it. That's the end of the story. There's no results. There's no test. There's no, there's no feedback. It, it doesn't matter. That in itself is a woohoo, amen, Let's all storm the, the altar. Like, like that in itself. Yeah. I would say so. <laughs> Anything is possible. The love of God comes and it, it starts in you. It has to start in you. That God receives you for who you are. For what you've done. For the parts of you that you hate. For your story. Your whole story. He has to love your whole story. He has to love the part of you. That you don't want to look at. And you have to let him. I was a believer for many years. That didn't let God in places. He didn't get to care for those parts of me. Because I didn't trust him. And when I quit fighting him and I let him hold those things that were, that were seeking to attack him as he held them, I was born again, 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 right? But th- this is where it starts. It has to start here and then it seeds and, and it grows and it becomes this thing. And you're never alone again. You're never on your own. You're never outside of your depth. And you can withstand anything. And you always have something to give. And it's you. It's just you. God just wants you to give you. Doesn't want you to perform. He doesn't want you to get all skilly. He, he just wants you to be you and to love the people around you. That's, that's it. And he says, I'll take it from there. I've got it. Let, let me show you what real fruit looks like. And you won't feel like you did anything.
I pray that we would be obsessed to love like this. Because it will change everything. So many of us don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. What's my meaning? What's my purpose? How do I fit into the equation? These are questions that haunt us daily. And the answer is always the same. Be a hot burning fire of God's love for the sake of it and for the person that you're next to. Done. Done. Like, it's done. And maybe you can plan some stuff and maybe you can make some things happen and programs are nice and all this is great. But it begins by knowing the love of God for ourselves and allowing it to determine every step. And it's often just a little step. God just wants you to do a little step and then burn. Little step and then burn. We could do that. Let's stand as the band comes on and I want to read scripture over us. Because this is actually a hard word and, and, and that's not lost on me. Knowing the love of God is one of the great conundrums of our faith. Because how many of us regularly feel it? How many of us standing here can say, oh yeah, that's the thing that's going on inside of me. Huh, I didn't put a name to it. That God is pleased with you, proud of you, delights in you. That you're good enough and beautiful all on your own. This is a conundrum. And so we give ourselves constantly that God would show us and make it real in our life. It's the starting point. We have to start with knowing the love of God. The authentic, real substance. And he's just waiting. He's already said yes through Jesus. He's already shown every bit of distance he's willing to go for you. And he wouldn't take any of it back. He doesn't regret it. He's never thinking, well, that didn't pan out. He is pleased with his investment. And he is pleased with his prize. And it takes a minor miracle for us to feel it even just a little bit. So we continue to ask. We continue to cry out. Ephesians 3, for this reason... I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints What is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we think or ask. That's a lot. According to the power at work within us to him be glory in the church 
and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Calvary, I love you. God loves you way more.